Let's do this. Let's talk about talk. Greetings and welcome to Talk About Talk. I'm your communication coach, Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea. Whether you're an ambitious executive looking to catapult your career by improving your communication skills, or maybe you have a strong growth mindset, you're always looking to learn and improve your communication skills. And I have to say, I've been talking to a lot of people lately with impressive growth mindsets, and it's so inspiring. Anyway, if this is you, then welcome. You're in the right place. At Talk About Talk, we focus on communication skills topics like personal branding, confidence, storytelling, and yes, even tactics for how to acquire these skills. This is the critically important stuff that they don't teach you in school, and it's what takes you from a B plus to an A plus. And if you check out the talkabouttalk.com website, you'll find online corporate training, one-on-one coaching with me, online courses, the archive of this bi-weekly podcast, and the free weekly communication skills newsletter. I really hope you'll go to the website and sign up for this free weekly communication skills training newsletter. But you can choose whatever works for you. Welcome to Talk About Talk episode number 78. This is the episode where we focus on how to develop these critical communication skills. I'm really excited to introduce you to Cherry Sue, who serves as the Global Chief of Staff at Deloitte, where amongst other things, she orchestrates communication skills and other training for their partners and directors worldwide. You can probably guess that's how I met Cherry. You can probably also guess that she has some insights for us in terms of what communication skills in particular are critical in professional services and how people can effectively seek to develop these skills. As I was preparing for this interview, it occurred to me that earlier in my career, if someone raised their hands and asked for extra training or coaching in some area, it would be seen as a sign of weakness. But my oh my, has that ever changed, hasn't it? Nowadays, all, okay, most of the senior executives out there have coaches. I know people that have negotiated coaching into their employment contracts when they got a new job. And firms that invest in their people whether they're professional services firms like Deloitte or whether they're a manufacturer or anything in between, these firms that facilitate the upskilling of their people, well, then they're valued by those very people. Funny how that works, isn't it? In this episode, you'll hear from someone inside a large global and highly regarded organization about just what skills are critical for success and how to acquire these skills. In other words, It's all about upskilling. Let's get into this. I'm going to formally introduce Cherry to you now, and then we'll get right into the interview. As always, you don't need to take notes, because I do that for you. I keep hearing how much people appreciate this, so I'm just going to keep doing it. I simplify and summarize everything for you at the end of the episode, and then you can also always access the episode show notes on the talkabouttalk.com website. So, just keep doing whatever you're doing driving or walking or housework or whatever. I got your back. You're welcome. All right, let me introduce Cherry. Cherry Sue is the Chief of Staff for Global Financial Advisory Clients and Industries at Deloitte. She develops and implements strategies to strengthen their Deloitte Financial Advisory brand, enhances the skill sets and well-being of their global practitioners, and she drives market imminence including their global training programs and the Next Gen program that elevates their female managers to prepare for leadership. 
Prior to this role, Cherry worked in the value creation service at Deloitte Canada. She's a seasoned transformation expert with a proven track record in planning and executing large-scale initiatives, including multi-million dollar M&A integration and divestitures, enterprise-wide change management programs, and cross-functional operations improvement initiatives. Cherry is also a twin, and she told me that because of this experience of being a twin, and therefore confusing people many times in terms of her identity, early on, she learned the significance of clear communication, and specifically, the significance of personal branding. Thank you so much, Cherry, for joining us here today to talk about the importance of consciously developing our communication skills at work. I'm very excited to be here. Why don't we start by having you share with us a little bit about what you do in your role as Chief of Staff? As Chief of Staff, I'm really a strategist and a connector. Uh, I drive and develop our global CNI financial advisory strategy for Deloitte, but I'm also a connector in the sense that I connect different leaders from different countries together to align on the strategy, make sure we're all leading global initiatives together, and I also lead complex projects for the firm. Okay, that helps me a lot because, you know, I know these big global organizations, they have silos. So your role is to bring them all together. No, it's very exciting because you get to work across different cultures, different levels of executives and trying to align them into one strategy. We are, we're a strong believer that you're stronger together as one. So I'm the person who pulls everyone together and make sure we're all aligned and doing the same thing for bigger impact. So you're really focusing on, I guess, identifying best practices and then making sure that those are permeated throughout the organization. Yes. And one of those things may be training people on things like communication skills. (laughs) Absolutely. As part of a global advisory firm, we are very strong training our practitioner because our people are assets and communications that interpersonal skill and how do you deal with both internally and externally with clients is a skill set that's fundamental to what we do. Well, I think that's an interesting insight, right? Your organization is not selling widgets. You are selling professional services, which means you are selling the services of human beings. And therefore, instead of investing in capital improvements, instead of investing in product improvements, you're investing in your people and their skill development. No, that's true. I think like for, especially in professional service, we've definitely got the technical skills, but beyond that, there's a huge element of that interpersonal skills that people really need to develop because you're not just buying a person helping you do a project. You're really buying that relationship and someone you want to work with. Oh, I love that word relationship, because if you're not communicating, your relationship is going to suffer, right? And in your case for Deloitte, that's internally working with teams internally and also your relationship with your client. Yes, they're both equally important. So then my question is, what specific communication skills do you think are most important in terms of these, this relationship building within the firm and with clients? And specifically, what skills do you see elevating the people at Deloitte in terms of them getting promoted? I think one of the key things is the ability to listen and being able to synthesize information at the right level. Day in and day out, I work with my clients at different level. I work all the way from C-suite, the CEO, the CFO, to VPs, to analysts. And you realize that they need different levels of information. I'm not going to go to the CEO, listen to him, and then give him a five-page detailed notes on what we just discussed. 
whereas, you know, if I'm working with an analyst who really needs the detail of everything that's gone through, that's a different level of information. And, um, and that active listening is really important too, right? It's about being able to understand what your client is telling you, being able to read between the lie and simplifying it for them. So a lot of times we're in brainstorming sessions, people are throwing ideas out there. You really need to be able to understand the whole situation, being able to simplify into bullet points at the very end of it. One of my, one of my key mentors is, does a great thing. He can go into a three hour conversation and at the end of it, he'll come back and summarize in three points. And people appreciate that because there's so much talking involved. It's good for everyone to align on what those key messages and what's the takeaway. Being able to listen is a huge thing for me. Um, the other thing I think is really important is being able to speak up and create an executive presence with the right people. I see people struggling to strike a balance between talking too much versus not enough. And some people force themselves into trying to speak up once or twice in every meeting. And I don't think that's the right approach to go about it because you want to add value. So I think you need to understand when you need to speak up to build trust and relationship with people. In the advisory business, my job is to solve problems for my clients. So I need to pick the right situation and says, do I need to build relationships with my clients outside of an official meeting and speak up and have my points of view there? Or whether is it being in the presence with every other client and being able to act as an advisor there? You got to strike the balance. And I think the lastly is how you speak matters. Being professional in terms of how you communicate the managing your pace, managing your tone, managing how many filter words you use are all parts of how professional you're going to appear to your colleagues, to your clients. That's really important. And I cognizantly try to take away filler words, trying to create pauses and not answer every single question. And it's very difficult. I can still hear the ums and the ahs, but I actively count it because I know that creates a different perception to other people when they hear someone who speaks with 10 ums in a sentences versus, so, and they, versus someone who's very eloquent and can pause at the right time. Wow, Cherry, that's, uh, you gave me so much to think about and frankly, so much to synthesize to your point, but, but I, I love this list. You, so your last point there was really about executive presence and communicating really true to the personal brand that you're working to establish, whether it's internally with your team or externally with clients, as you said, and whether it's you or whether it's somebody else. So that's music to my ears because I'm also very much focused on personal branding, as you know. And you talked a lot about synthesizing, which, to be honest, I don't hear from a lot of other executives that I'm talking with about communication skills, but I think you've hit the nail on the head. The ability to take complex, messy problems, you know, complex meetings, even a complex podcast episode, and synthesize it down to main points, that is a superpower. Kudos to you for identifying that. But you started off by saying, listening. I mean, I 100% agree. Two years ago or two and a half years ago, when I started talking about talk, I absolutely thought that listening was number one, unquestionably. And I, and I still think it's up there. But more recently, I've identified the three superpowers of communication skills. So, so number one is listening. And number two is confidence, which you articulated in terms of having executive presence and knowing when to speak and how to speak and how much to speak and not using ums and ahs and all that stuff. So that all fuels into confidence. I'm curious what you think about my third superpower though. So 
I, based on my experience, my observation and my research, I really believe that storytelling is also a communication superpower. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, that's actually really aligned uh, at Deloitte Storytelling is Everything. And it's not just oral communication, it's written. You know, every time we do a proposal, it's about storytelling. How do we solve a problem for the client and how do we take them through that journey? Uh, we actually have a course called the uh, Art of Storytelling because storytelling really helps people understand what you're saying and ease them into the journey. It's easy to throw solutions at people, but you need to take them through the journey and make them understand and be part of that journey for them to build that trust and want to work with you. Very well said. And I love how you use the word journey there so many times because really that's that's what storytelling does, right? It ensures that your audience or your client or whoever you're communicating with is along with you and you can vividly illustrate what you're talking about through storytelling. So on the other hand, though, I'm wondering what skills have you observed just looking around, you know, at various people's career paths? What skills do you think seem to hold people back from ascending the corporate ladder at Deloitte? I think just to call the obvious, there's definitely a technical component to it. So from a technical skills, the yellow attention to detail, your ability to actually perform the work is one key thing that will contribute to whether you get promoted or not. But I think that's the fundamental. Beyond the technical skill set, there's a couple of things that it comes into mind. I think one is your ability to build relationship. Mm. And it's not just a client perspective because we're in professional service, but also internally as well. You need to be someone who works well with other people and be part of a team player. You need, so, you need to be someone who people want to work with. That's a huge component of it. Um, I know when I first came into a professional service, a colleague once told me there's always a airport test when we hire. And I asked him, what's the airport test, right? And my interviewer said, the airport test is, if I'm stuck with you at an airport lounge for eight hours, do I still feel like I want to talk with you <laughs> on the rest of the project? Or is, am I trying to avoid you for the entire duration? Because if I don't want to be in the same space with you for a prolonged time, then you're not someone who's going to contribute to my happiness or someone I want to work with. So I think that's one key component, being able to build relationship, being able to get along with people and be part of a team player. The other thing is flexibility. In professional service, you're going to get thrown a lot of different problems. You're going to throw a lot of different projects in a lot of different industries. Being able to be flexible, to be a quick learner and picking up different skill sets that you need. Every project to me is is brand new. You know, one day I'll be working on a consumer good client. The next day I can be working on a technology client. While I'm still working on M&A projects for them, there's fundamental difference to how a technology versus a consumer good company is going to operate. And I need to be very quick to learn those and be flexible to adapt to different business models. So being able to adapt is huge in our business. Wow, Cherry, I, I love your answer. So first of all, your story about the airport, I think being stuck, I could, I was imagining myself actually stuck at the airport with you. And I was thinking, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I mean, relatively speaking. So I love that. I love how you illustrated that with the story. But I was thinking it reminds me also of, you know, in elementary school, in our report card, they would say, plays well with others. And, you know, some parents may dismiss that as a whatever, but no, it's really important. If you can't play well with others, you probably can't work well with others, right? I, I love that. 
And then your, your second point about agility and pivoting. And I think that, you know, the whole COVID pandemic has really exaggerated the fact that the ability to be agile, to move quickly, to refocus is a huge skill. And if you don't have it, you know, your career is dead. Let's move on then to different ways that people are working on their interpersonal skills, their relationship skills, and their communication skills. And I was thinking as I was preparing for this interview that earlier in my career, the idea of seeking help to work on a skill, like actually hiring a coach to come in and help me work on something, would be seen as a weakness. Only people that were deficient in something would be seeking the help of of a coach. But nowadays, people all the way up to CEOs have coaches and they're taking workshops and it seems it's really the norm. Can you talk about how personal development is perceived within your organization? You know what? Personal development is very important. It is the new normal. And I think we all hear it all the time. You know, personal development, continuous growth, lifelong learning. It's something that's something that's really looked positively at at the moment in professional service. Personal development is, is a never-ending cycle. Uh, we being able to identify what type of gaps you have and a solution on how to fix it is really a great sign of maturity and a great sign of confidence. You know what you're reminding me of, Cherry, is the term vulnerability, right? So vulnerability used to be a thing to be avoided. Being vulnerable meant being weak. And Brene Brown and, and all of her advocates have now taught us that being vulnerable, maybe identifying what's making you feel uncomfortable or a weakness that you want to work on is actually a strength because it's demonstrating a growth mindset. You want to improve. And I guess it makes sense that those are the people that Deloitte wants around, right? And from a personal development perspective, I think there's multiple facets that we need to look at. There's obviously a technical perspective. From a professional perspective, Deloitte's a huge fan of getting you more accredited, upskilled, So whether it's a new certification, whether it's learning a new skill set, a new technology, that's something the firm is very strongly supporting. But beyond that, there's also the mental and physical aspect as well. So mental health, well-being and personal development, that aspect is also very important. So thinking about how do you work on your work-life balance? How do you make yourself feel better from a physical perspective to give you that confidence, to give you that boost of energy to do better? I think that's also part of personal development that people need to consider. It's not all just the technical aspect of it. So can you suggest or outline some ways that people in your organization have been working on their soft skills? You know, practice is a key thing. Being able to personally being able to throw yourself in uncomfortable situations, stepping outside of your comfort zone is a huge thing to expanding your skill set and accelerating your soft skill. Now, I'm not talking about throwing yourself in the fire and doing something completely brand new, but even if you're a person who doesn't like to speak up a meeting, even volunteering to lead a meeting once in a while is something that will help you get that practice to enhance your soft skills. One other thing I do is record myself and play back to myself. And it's a horrifying thing to do. It's a horrifying thing to do, to watch yourself and listen to yourself speak. And I cringe every time. But then you can capture and being an observer, see what you're doing wrong and what you want to improve on. So So Cherry, I just want to add kudos to you for doing that. Most people, even podcasters, cringe 
at, you know, going back in the archives and playing something that they've already edited, never mind something you haven't edited. So kudos, kudos to you. I'm sure, Cherry, that, it, that it's really paid off in spades. Yes, it has. It's been phenomenal seeing the type of improvements and seeing how, what the changes I've made in the process. That's great. Another thing you can do is take out personal development courses. So there are communication courses, negotiation courses, leadership courses out there, both online, physical, even reading a book that will help you upskill yourself. Uh, one of the interesting things that you might want to try in terms of communication would be improv. You know, going to Second City and taking that improv class, it really gets yourself out there in a safe environment. Once you go over the hurdle and get in something that's way outside of your comfort zone, you'll see that talking and speaking up in that meeting is, is a lot easier and it basically hones your reflexes in communication. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually interviewed two improv comedians uh, just over a year ago, and it's one of my really popular episodes. And, and the thing that I think most directly translates to communication skills is listening. Because if you're on stage doing improv, you have to be fully engaged in what the other person is saying. And then you respond with yes. And, and if you can translate that over into a zoom meeting, right. Where someone is saying something, you're actively listening and you respond with yes. And you're off to the races, right? I agree. Yeah. That's a great point. That's a great point. And I also think formal or informal mentorship is really important. Being able to ask someone that you trust to provide feedback for you is, is phenomenal. It's difficult to ask for feedback sometimes because we're unsure how people will perceive us. So having that mentor as someone who you can bounce ideas off of and someone who can give you transparent feedback and actually help you create a plan is super important. One of the things I think about feedback is sometimes you have resistance to it. That's why you need to find a mentor you can trust because being able to trust your advice makes it easier for you to accept changes that you may need to make. Yeah. So I suggest everyone to go look for a mentor. It doesn't have to be formal, but find that person that you trust, that they have skills and they have traits that you want to emulate and work with them on how do you enhance your skills. Yeah. And I, and I'm back to the vulnerability point. If you say to the person, I'm really focused on developing my leadership communication skills. And here's what I'm thinking. Can you provide me with some feedback? I mean, the person's going to be impressed right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, anything else in terms of how people in your organization or, or even how you have worked on developing your soft skills? I think one last thing is just being really reflective, being able to see the failures and the success that you've had along the way and figuring out what can you do better and what you continue to do. The stop, start and continue framework really works in terms of soft honing your own soft skills as well. That is absolutely brilliant, Cherry. I wasn't expecting you to say that, but using the stop, continue, start framework for yourself, consciously evaluating your own performance, even just on soft skills, and then, you know, I guess leveraging your growth mindset to improve next time. So, so do you have any other general career advice for folks who hope to get noticed and get promoted in professional services or really in any career? Don't be everything to everyone. You got to pick what you want to be and how you want to be perceived. Be flexible. I had mentioned that, you know, that being able to adapt and flexible to different situations is very important. 
communication is key. It's how you communicate, but also communicating and managing expectations. Brilliant. So you've got three things, right? You've got not being everything to everyone. So really it's your superpower. It's being flexible. So the ability to pivot, which again, we were talking about, it's really amplified. And then thirdly, working on your communication skills. And as you put it, your executive presence. Yep. I think those three things are key for any career in at any stage. Yeah, I would agree. It's true. It's for whether you're just starting out your career or whether you're commanding the whole organization. Those are, those are absolutely critical. All right. Are you ready to move on to the five rapid fire questions? Yes. Okay. Question number one, what are your pet peeves? Running out of sweet things in my home and seeing a weed in my lawn. What have you tried for weeding? I just pick them up one at a time (laughs) or yell at my husband. (laughs) Okay. Question number two, what kind of learner are you? I'm both a visual and a physical learner. So I got to learn through doing it and by seeing it at the same time. That's, that's actually a superpower in itself is knowing how you best internalize information. That's great. Okay, question number three, introvert or extrovert? I'm an introvert, but I've worked on my social skills. I'm very comfortable in high functioning social environments as well. Okay, question number four, what's your communication preference or medium for personal conversations? For personal conversation, WhatsApp is how you get me. It's a great tool in which I can see if the other person's online, I can view the conversation and know what we talked about. And if I really want to go on a video and call, it's the same app. Brilliant. Okay. Last question. Is there a podcast, a blog, or an email newsletter that you find yourself recommending the most lately? There's two. Uh, One is called The Bullet. It's a newspaper extract. So on a daily basis, I get a get the basic news as soon as I wake up. And the other one is called Get Abstract. It's business books on steroids, basically give you extracts of different business books. So if you don't have time in your day to read full books, a 10 minute extract of the key important lessons is the way to go. Wow. So thank you because you're, you know, I, I devour news and I devour books. I'm going to check out both of those, the bullets and get abstract. And I'm also going to share links to those in the show notes so that the listeners can also access them. Is there anything else you want to add about how people can really consciously and explicitly focus on improving their communication skills at work? I go back to practice, practice, practice. Put yourself in environments where you have an opportunity to get practice. And if you think that you're not getting in those situations, then look actively seek for it. The more you do, the better you'll be at it. That's great. Thank you so much, Cherry. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Wow. What a great conversation. Thanks so much to Cherry Sue. What a privilege it was to get a glimpse inside a large, global, and highly regarded organization like Deloitte. And specifically, to talk to someone in that organization who interacts daily with people all over the world. And clearly, Deloitte is an organization that invests in people. They understand that as a professional services firm, they're not selling widgets. Rather, they're selling the services of human beings. And as Cherry and I discussed, therefore, instead of investing in capital improvements or product improvements, they invest in their people and their skill development. Now... As promised, I'm going to briefly summarize this episode. I'm going to synthesize our conversation into two categories. First, there's the skills, what we need to work on. And second, there are the tactics or the methods to make that happen. Let's start with the skills. 
We talked about seven different types of skills. And yes, as I promised, and as always, you can access a summary of this list in the show notes on the talkabouttalk.com website under the podcast tab. Okay, Cherry started with what she called the obvious, technical skills, as in knowing your industry, knowing your discipline. This is some of the stuff we learn in school, but also what we're later exposed to on the job. And for those who are more ambitious, the technical stuff that we actively seek to learn. This feeds into your basic ability to perform the work. But your technical prowess also includes things like your attention to detail and your work quality. With many of the executives that I work with, we call these technical skills the baseline. Generally, you need the technical skills to get hired in the first place. Of course, as Cherry said, seeking other accreditations is also valued. But here's the thing. You can get to be a B-plus with technical skills. It's the other interpersonal and communication skills that will elevate you to an A-plus. Separate from technical skills, then, Cherry also highlighted that we need to focus on the mental and physical aspect, having the knowledge and the discipline. Yes, it's a skill to look after your own physical and mental health. It's about looking after ourselves so we can perform at our best. And I call this, and I'm going to suggest we call this second skill the well-being skill set. So we've got technical skills and we've got well-being skills. The other five skills we touched on focused on interpersonal and communication skills. I'd categorize them into five things. There's flexibility, relationship skills, and then the three communication superpowers, listening, confidence, and storytelling. So there's flexibility, as in the ability to pivot. Gosh, we've really learned how critical this skill is since the pandemic started, haven't we? Cherry mentioned a few times how being flexible and being a quick learner is key to success in professional services. That means learning new skills as your clients change or as the world changes, being able to pivot, being able to focus on something new, and being agile. Next, the fourth of the seven skills is relationships. I have to say, I loved hearing about the airport test. I think I may have heard about that when I was back in university, but I'd forgotten about it until now. So ask yourself, if your coworkers got stuck in an airport with you for eight hours, would they ever want to work with you again? Would your relationship get stronger or would you drive them crazy? And as I said, this also reminds me of the section in our elementary school report cards where we got graded on plays well with others. It turns out that working well with others can affect your career. So relationships, establishing trusted positive personal dynamics with your team members and, of course, with your clients. On to number five, listening. You probably know this, but if I had to choose, listening would be the number one communication skill that I think is most critical. Cherry added some helpful nuance in terms of listening. You can demonstrate the positive effect of active listening by synthesizing information. It could be in a complex meeting or a detailed brainstorming session or, yes, a long podcast episode, and then presenting that synthesized information at the right level. So top line for a CEO, but detailed for an analyst, and so on. And for everyone, identifying what's the key takeaway. You can only do this if you're truly actively listening. The sixth of the seven skills is confidence. Cherry talked about this in terms of having executive presence. I love that term. 
This means looking and acting like a trusted leader, as in knowing when to speak up and doing so with confidence, managing your pace, your tone, your vocabulary, your manners, and yes, those ums and ahs. The seventh and last skill is storytelling. Cherry said, and I quote, at Deloitte, storytelling is everything. And it's not just oral communication, it's written. Every time we do a proposal, it's about storytelling. She also talked about sharing a story with clients, taking them on a journey, she said. Not just presenting boring facts and figures, storytelling is key. Okay, that's the list of the seven skills that we covered. I encourage you to ask yourself where you might focus in terms of upskilling. Which of these skills do you need to work on? There's the technical skills, there's the skill of looking after your well-being, there's flexibility, relationship building, and then of course the three communication superpowers, listening, confidence, and storytelling. There's got to be one or two in that list of seven that you know could help elevate your performance and perception at work. You just need to start upskilling. But then an important question to ask yourself is how? How can you improve this skill? Well, Cherry and I discussed three ideas, and I'm going to list them here for you now. First, first, there's simply being self-reflective and practicing. Now, I know this may seem obvious, but I've noticed with the executives that I work with, it takes a certain self-awareness to upskill and improve. Or as Cherry says, a certain maturity. It's like an awareness and a hunger and ambition. Then, taking that self-awareness and stepping outside of your comfort zone, I was so impressed to hear that Cherry uses the Start, Continue, Stop framework on herself as a framework for self-reflection. She asks herself what she should start doing, continue doing, and stop doing. And she's also recorded herself and watched herself later, critically, so she can see what she needs to focus on to improve her executive presence. Amazing. Many of us have probably done this in communication skills training courses. But have you ever asked your team, maybe when you're giving a presentation or leading a meeting, do you mind if I record this so I can watch myself later? That is next level, and I promise you, it will pay off. Speaking of communication skills training courses, you can take a course, be it on any of the skills that I just listed, or other skills like leadership, negotiations, personal branding, and lots more. If you're fortunate, your employer might set this up. But you could also take an online course or even, as Cherry mentioned, read a book. The real challenge with courses, though, is this insight. This is the thing that will make them hugely effective for you or not. And this goes back to the first tactic. Being reflective, self-aware, and practicing. If you take a course, you have the knowledge. But you have to practice and reflect as well. So that's the second tactic, taking a course. The third and last tactic to help you improve your communication skills is feedback and mentorship. This feedback could be informal, say, asking a colleague after you give a presentation for feedback, or it could be very formal. You might hire a coach, or you might have a formal mentor. I know at Deloitte, they assign formal mentors for their people at all levels, and their senior leaders all have executive coaches, which is fantastic. Regardless of whether you benefit from this sort of formal mentoring, I encourage everyone to seek a variety of informal and formal mentors. Ideally, you'll establish at least one relationship with someone senior to you whom you trust and who you can ask for feedback. 
But then informal mentoring can also be extremely valuable. Remember back in episodes 75 and 76, CEO Jill Nicolation mentioned how you don't have to formally ask someone to be a mentor, just study and observe what they do. The point here is there are many different ways to seek feedback and mentorship. So there you go. Three ways to improve your skills. One, being self-reflective and practicing. Two, taking courses. And three, seeking feedback and mentorship. And that's it. Thanks again to Cherry for such an amazing conversation. And I hope you enjoyed learning some of the skills that are valued at a firm like Deloitte and some of the methods that they use and encourage to upskill their people. Of course, you don't need to work at a global professional services firm like Deloitte to benefit from these insights. Yes, you're going to have to be proactive and yes, it's going to take some effort, but I know you can do it. Again, you can find the summary with the various skills, a checklist for you if you like, plus the tactics or methods to improve your skills, as well as references, links, and the transcript, all on the talkabouttalk.com website. While you're there, I really hope you'll sign up for the Talk About Talk newsletter if you're not already. This is your chance to get free communication skills coaching from me every week in a simple to digest email. I promise, no spam and no more than once per week. Just go to talkabouttalk.com to sign up or email me directly and I'll add you to the list. You can email me anytime at andrea at talkabouttalk.com. Thanks for listening and talk soon. Thank you.